Hello, and welcome to episode 924 of The Sleeper and the Bust. It is Tuesday, May 4th. May the 4th be with you. I'm your host, Paul Spore, joined this morning by Justin Mason. Justin, good morning. Are you one of those Star Wars dweebs? I am not, but I am married to one. Um, so it is observed in our household. We are having Chewbacca dogs for dinner. Um, are you are you going to watch the May the 4th broadcast or the Star Wars broadcast on ESPN? I am not. I didn't even know that was a thing. Uh, but no, I'm speaking at an AA meeting tonight. So, oh, okay. uh, that's more important. Yeah. I was like, hey, you guys do that nerd stuff and I will uh, <laughs> do my own nerd stuff. Yeah. I like to, uh, uh, I sometimes like to be purposely incendiary there. I really, yeah, yeah. I don't have anything against Star Wars. Uh, I, I tweeted yeah. out a picture of, uh, what, um, Nimoy. What's his, um, Letter Nimoy and Spock. And Spock and said, "Happy Star Wars Day, everyone." That's really good. Yeah, so. that's really good. I like that a lot. Um, I think that's that's a funny way to play it. But yeah, obviously, I mean, I'm a huge dork for many things. So who am I to roast anybody on, uh, um, you know, being a nerd for something? So enjoy yeah. your May the Fourth Day. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna dip in on I'm gonna check in on the broadcast. I kind of wanna. I kind of want so to see. what is it? I don't even know what it is. Uh, it's just kind of like a uh, Star Wars themed. I think some of the folks are going to be dressed up for it. Hang on, I got a little uh, picture on my phone because my chat was telling me about it yesterday, and I was like, "Oh, cool!" And I'll just I'll tell my brother-in-law because he's a big, he's an Astros fan, and he likes Star Wars, so he may be interested. Oh, I don't know. It's Star Wars themed broadcast. This picture doesn't tell me anything of what they're doing. They're probably just gonna be making puns related to Star Wars. Like I said, I think uh I think someone's gonna be dressed up. So who knows? Yeah. It'll be I mean, super dorky. Disney owns everything now, so Yeah, exactly. So I'm sh- I'm sure I'm sure Carl Ravage is thrilled about this. <laughs> um, huh. You know. So actually, maybe he's a huge fan, and maybe I'm making stuff up. You know what do I what do I know? Do you, do you know his? Uh, do do you know the fandom of Carl Ravage? No, neither do I. So let's see. I found the thing. Oh yeah, they'll be dressed in full costume, plus on screen animations. Carl Ravage will be Luke Skywalker. Tim Kirkjian will be Yoda. Eduardo Perez will be a Jawa. Uh, Marley Rivera will report from Yankee Stadium. Apparently, Marley Rivera is not <laughs> participating in the uh, Star Wars bit. Good for Steve her. Levy, Steve Levy will be dressed as Darth Vader. So, yeah, I imagine, like I said, they're going to do some some fun puns and silliness. There's going to be graphics. Eh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm fine with it. It doesn't really bother me. And um, when I told my brother-in-law about this he he told me about how NBA had done a Marvel based night mm. at some point. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. That was uh, I think was yesterday. It might have been or Sunday. I think it might. Yeah, been, this yeah. is this is not unprecedented. Then mm-hmm. this is basically what uh, what what we're finding out. So enjoy it. If those of you who watch it enjoy it, Justin will be indisposed, yeah. and I'll probably just watch a few minutes of it while streaming. Let's talk some baseball. We don't have a lot of good news today, okay? I don't really have any on this sheet. It's pretty much all crap. Um, what it is, is it's bad injuries, a demotion, a key demotion if you have them on your team, and then a little bit of positivity at the end as far as a, a rookie debut, a, a new player going to your favorite team, 
and then a, a a rookie who was up for bid this past week, and you know what your outlook is on him going forward. But I do want to get into some potential replacements for these these injuries since these are such massive injuries. Folks are going to be scrambling. They're going to be looking to replace these guys uh, because they just had a big leg cut out from under them if they lost any of these three uh, as far as the injury or the fourth via demotion. So let's just start with Dustin May. He is indeed going to have Tommy John surgery. Uh, that's exactly what it looked like when the pitch happened, unfortunately. That was one of those kind of obvious ones, and it's really, really upsetting. Uh, he was figuring it out, having a great year thus far, and it looked like he was really on his way to a full-fledged breakout with the fact that the strikeout stuff had come for, for Dustin May, and now he suffers TJ. Uh, so I want to – well, first I want to get your thoughts on Dustin May now because, I mean, he's not back till – July, August of next year at the earliest. Yeah. This is this is a big hit, man. Yeah. I mean, it's – what can you say? It's you know, He's going to miss, obviously, all of this year and probably a fair amount of next season. And even when he does come back, you know, we tend to kind of fade Tommy John returning yep. guys anyways. So what, – Well, what do you think about then uh, Dynasty Leagues? I think that's the question on the table. As far as what to do, do you consider selling low? Say you're competing this year, you can still get like a, a pretty decent player. Obviously, you can't get peak price. Uh, is that something you're entertaining? Uh, you know, obviously it's team dependent, but I just gave you a scenario. You're competing. You could use something, um, or do you just hang on and say he's 23, even if I don't see him again as anything you know worthwhile until he's 25 that's still just 25 it's not like it's the end of the world if you're patient where do you come out on dynasty leagues uh, and what to do there for dustin may if i can get something decent i'll do it if i'm competing i mean uh, you know for me it's always about the current year what it what is the direction of my team and if the direction of my team is a championship in that current year i'm not mm. i don't care as much about the future so not to mention while Tommy John does have pretty darn good success rate at this point, there, there's, you know, times in it's which it doesn't. 100%. I mean, look what's yeah. going on with Denelson Lamette right now, where it's like, you know, it, it seems like he's headed for another one at some point. Um, and so, yeah, I think I, I would try to move him if it got me a piece that, that made me feel like I'm one step closer to a championship. And, you know, it's a lot to go through the return we have kind of boiled it down to being easy which is a mischaracterization and you know can kind of undermine the the massive amounts of work these guys put in to returning from it uh there's a long road ahead mm -hmm. and that's why you know I balk and, and cringe, frankly, when some of these insane parents want their high schoolers to preemptively get it like are you insane oh is that a thing like that's yeah, dude, these psychopathic parents, dude, they legit, you know, entertain it. Like, well, should we just, should we just have them get it? Like, that's, maybe, that's maybe crazy. Just preemptively get it as if that's a thing. First off, like that, 
everything about that is just the dumbest thing ever. We don't need to break that down about how stupid it is, but it's nuts. Uh, let me hit you with a few names uh, as far as this potential dynasty trade. We'll just go with the pitcher because, right, you, you in this scenario, you lost a pitcher and maybe a one-for-one for, one for a pitcher would, would be the right move. Then we're going to get into some potential replacements uh, in 12- and 15-team leagues uh, for Dustin May. What about if you were offered – and you let me know if, it, if you don't even think that this would be possible, but I'm going to start with some names. What about uh, Carlos Rodon? Oh, yeah, I, w- I would do that. Take Rodon for sure. Yeah. Okay. What about John Means? Mm, that's tougher. Uh, yeah, I think if I if if that was the best offer I was getting, I I might take that if I felt like that's what I needed. What about um, a little bit of a buy low on Zach Plesac? Yes, I think I would do that. Definitely take that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um. Christian Javier. Yes, I've been really impressed by Javier this year. He's been he's been fantastic. A little bumpy in his last outing against Tampa Bay, but I mean, that was almost due to happen after three straight uh, scoreless outings. You know, you're gonna you're gonna have a little a little pushback there at some point. Uh, what about Sean Mania? Yes, also been pitching very well. All right, let me go a little deeper here without uh, some of the guys that are really doing well so far. Maybe find somebody who's good but not uh not crushing it what about um now he just got hurt from a video game injury what (laughs) how like i i don't like slammed his hand down after i'm guessing i but i mean i'm i'm a pouty baby but i've never sustained an injury yeah that's i I don't understand i mean the shades of joel zumaier Exactly. Uh, just... It reminded everybody of Zumaya right away. Uh-huh. Right away. What about Jameson Tyon? He's been a little hit and miss. Did you take him for Dustin May? Yes. Okay. Um, and then finally, what about Michael Kopech? Yes. Okay. Maybe that one's easier because he's young and, and appealing anyway. I was trying to find some, you know, okay, I'll do one more, one more. Um, I would do this. I love this guy, but he has not performed as well as his teammate that we just mentioned. What about Jose Arquiti? I think I would. I, I would definitely do that. I still really like him. I, st- I still, I mean, I shouldn't say still as if it's been so much time in the season, but I, I firmly believe that the there are still strikeouts in this profile. His stuff is good enough. He threw seven scoreless enough. over the weekend. Yeah, no, he's he's... He's been more. He's been really good this year. I mean, mm-hmm. he's got a couple of four run outings, um, and the strike strikeouts have been hit and miss. He got five, seven, seven, but then one, two, and then back to five. So it's like they're there. He just needs to be more consistent. But right now, he's focusing on getting outs and worrying about that. So there's a, like some decent number of players here, pitchers that you'd take in a one for one uh, in the in the scenario where you're helping a competitive team right now and I, I tend to agree with you across the board there with Dustin May what about replacing him in redrafts here um, let's go through some of these guys we got Carlos Martinez Logan Webb Vince Velasquez Tyler Anderson and Jose Urena uh, and that's like a 12-15 team kind of cross section of potential players there pulled from looking at NFBC there if you're in a 10 teamer obviously you're going to find some better guys and it, it's kind of hard to run the entire gamut there so I'm focusing on the little bit of deeper leagues there 
because those are obviously some more more difficult decisions, I think, based on these guys not being as good. You mentioned, uh, I believe it was offline before we started, mm-hmm. that you just picked up Logan Webb in a league. So, you know, you got him front and center. Um, between the the Carlos Martinez, Logan Webb, Vince Velasquez, Tyler Anderson, Jose Reina, anybody, any single player jump out immediately? I think it's Carlos Martinez because okay. we've seen greatness from him before and he's pitching really really well right now um, yeah the the only thing that's lacking is the, is the swing and miss right now do you think that that's a concerted effort to you know rein things in a little bit um, and he wasn't walking like a ton before this or anything either but maybe just to focus on hey i need i want to get deeper into these games i want to get outs you know, he's gone six, seven and a third and eight after three straight five inning outings to open the season during which he had a 780 ERA. And then over these last three, when he's going deeper innings, he had a he has a point eighty four ERA, but only 10 strikeouts in 21 and a third. So um, it's a mixed bag. You know, the success is there as far as the, the ratios right now with Carmart. Do you think that the strikeouts can get back in order? I do. I mean, the stuff's too good not to get the strikeouts. Uh, at some point, I do think he is making considered effort to uh, pitch to contact, especially because he has a nice ground ball tilt, uh, and he's not allowing a ton of hard contact, uh, especially in the air. So, I, I think I don't think the strikeouts are going to get back to I don't know the strikeout printing stuff that we've seen uh, from him through you know off and on throughout his career, but. Mm-hmm. I do tend to buy this. I mean, he could be a knucklehead, though. So, I mean, this could all go yeah, away in an instant. Part. But like I, of this list especially, uh, he's got the highest upside. He certainly has uh, the, yeah, the most uh, just outright appeal mm-hmm. and the fact that he's pitching very well. Let's talk Logan Webb. Uh, like you said, you, you acquired him in a, in a league this mm-hmm. past weekend. He is on your favorite team. He had a nice standout spring that garnered some attention with regards to the changeup that he was featuring and you know he's kind of on track right now too pitching quite well um so what what is your outlook on him the rest of the season uh, as far as it goes with logan webb he's at a 413 era right now with a 152 whip obviously the 152 whip needs to come way down because mm-hmm. uh, that's really painful right now but uh, what what kind of ratios do you think we could get out of him the rest of the way logan webb i think he's probably like uh low fours, high threes type ERA guy, a one three oh whip, strikeout an inning. Uh he's definitely not a guy that I want to set and set and forget it. So like Yeah. There there's gonna be better options in most leagues. This was, you know, the main event, fifteen team league with a lot of active owners. So uh not much out there on the waiver wire to begin with. Uh and so I I just kind of picked him up and figure I'll spot start him here and there. But I, I I definitely see the talent, and when he is is mechanically sound uh, and he's got good feel for his pitches, he he's really difficult to hit and barrel up. Uh, but he loses it in an instant. Um, it's inconsistent from not just start to start, but sometimes inning to inning. So, mm-hmm. uh, but I mean that's that's what you get with a, a young pitcher who is still kind of developing. Uh, you know, it's a good organization. I trust the organization. It's a great catcher. Um, so I tend to want to buy in on it a little bit. He's not my, you know, second favorite guy on this list. That That's going to be Tyler Anderson. 
Well, before we get to Anderson, because I do, I do definitely want to talk to him, especially uh, talk about him, especially on the heels of last night. I just added a guy because he's also available in in a decent number of twelves. John Gray has been pretty awesome mm-hmm. this year, and he's not really garnering a lot of attention. Three fifteen ERA, one nineteen WHIP, and yet he is available in a lot of twelves, even some fifteens. Um, he only has two home starts. Or excuse me, no, no, he only has two road starts. It's four home, two road, and those have been his worst ones. The Dodgers whooped him for three and in, in four innings uh, with seven base runners, and then Arizona Diamondbacks busted him up a bit with five runs, four of them earned on nine hits and a walk in six innings. Otherwise, he's carved up the, the same two teams there, the Dodgers and the, Arizona, and the Diamondbacks, plus Houston and Philly all at home. Those are all... Excellent outings with two or fewer earned, and three of them are quality starts, and the other was five innings, one run against the Dodgers. Does John Gray uh, jump high on this list for you now that I've added him in? Yeah, I think so. He's not going to go over Anderson for me, but I think he potentially could jump over somebody like Webb. The hard part is you're never going to feel comfortable throwing a guy at Colorado, right? And so, and even though he has been better at times at home than he is on the road, it's still a scary proposition. I still believe in the talent. And one of the reasons, especially in a situation where you're looking to roster guy for the length of the season, I think John Gray gets moved to the deadline. So that'd be huge. That's exactly what we would want. Yeah. So I I think it would be, you know, it's more of a long-term play than a short-term play. You kind of spot him until he gets moved, but I do believe at some point he's going to get moved uh, to a contender. And, I mean, it doesn't matter where he goes. He could go play on the moon. It's going to be a better environment than, <laughs> than Colorado. It certainly seems like it. Let, let's talk about a former teammate of his who you've hinted at here, Tyler Anderson, uh, on the heels of an excellent outing just last night where he took a no-hit bid uh, into the sixth. I don't – I think even into the seventh, I believe. Into the seventh, before. Yeah. Yeah, before they got the first hit there. And against the San Diego ball club, I mean, that's that's obviously really sharp. Uh, ended up giving up a couple runs in that seventh inning. Ends with a six and two-thirds, two hits, two runs, three walks, five strikeouts. I mean, he's been awesome. But the only thing you could, uh, you could maybe throw a little complaint on in the first four outings was that he couldn't get f- six innings. It was five, mm-hmm. five and a third, five and a third, five. But he had a 3.92 ERA, and then in these last two, he's been particularly strong with uh, back-to-back quality starts. Perhaps most impressive, though, is the fact that his swinging strike rate has been high all year. He's always had a pretty good one, like a double-digit one. Tyler Anderson has, um, you know, with mixed success. There's been some, there was some success in Colorado. In fact, he was looking like somebody who you could at least put him as a team streamer in a in a league deep enough. To merit uh, such a such a player, until 2019 when he had an 11.76 ERA in 20 and two thirds in a washout year. Then he goes to your Giants in 2020, and I thought he would rebound a bit. I was actually kind of excited by that, and he still had the swing and miss, but the strikeouts weren't there. Ends up going to Pittsburgh, another great spot. You know, he's gone from Colorado to the two best pitching spots, San Francisco and Pittsburgh, and he is finding it a bit this year with the Pirates. Do you see some uh, some viability here that makes him somebody to hold for a while in Tyler Anderson? Yeah, I I do. And, I, I mean, this obviously could blow up in an instant. He doesn't have overpowering stuff. The changeup has been really, really good. 
so far. Uh, I love the park he pitches in. I hate the team he pitches for, so the wins are going to be few and far between. He's, you know, like you mentioned, he he took a no hitter into the seventh inning. They lost two nothing. So yeah, uh, yeah, it was zero zero. The uh, the bullpen game that the Padres were throwing, headlined by Miguel Diaz, what, what, they were doing pretty well too against that Pirates ball club. Not that that's yeah, I I do pretty well against the Pirates ball club <laughs> too at times. So, but uh, I mean, he's doing a really good job of not putting men on base uh, ver, uh, via the walk. Uh, hasn't given up very many home runs, uh, getting swings and misses outside of the zone. Uh, contact rates are uh, really, really nice for a guy like him. Swing strike rate up thirteen five, uh, up to 13.5%. Mm-hmm. I, I like what he's doing. I, I do think he can kind of keep it going. There are going to be bumps in the road because he just doesn't have like a very good fastball. But uh yeah, I, I'm, I'm. But maybe the park can protect some of them, though, too, mm-hmm. right? If, if if they if they happen strategically, and and he has some of his worst days, and they're at home, and he escapes with uh, you know four runs instead of seven or eight, I don't think that that's impossible to to potentially see that come. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Uh, and I mean, he will get traded. Like this has got to be the number one guy on the Pirates list to like capitalize on the got on it, value. Right? So. Especially with, uh, I was talking with um, Brad uh, Camera of uh, Fantasy Pros last night in the Friends of Fantasy Benefits podcast. He goes, they should just package him and Rich Rod together to someone. And oh, absolutely. Then you could really get something back, mm-hmm. you feel like, right? Yeah. And so, you know, Atlanta seems like a really good spot. Either the mm-hmm. Padres or the Dodgers. <laughs> they were struggling uh, with starting pitching right now. Um, could be a good spot. So, there are a lot of teams that could use a guy like Anderson, especially because he does not cost anything. He's making two point five million dollars, you know, left-hander as yeah. well. Mm-hmm. A little extra cachet there for being a lefty. Um, yeah, you know, I had him on one of my previous watch lists for twelve teamers, twelve to fourteen teamers. He was in that that middle that middle tier there, and I think he's really starting to push himself onto those teams. Meaning he would be like a watch lister in ten teamers now. Um, where you can maybe start spotting him there, and maybe at some point he becomes a roster guy across all formats. Like I don't think that that's impossible to possibly see here. The wins, of course, are going to be the issue, but if I can get good ratios, I'll figure out the and, and strikeouts. I'll figure out the ratios el- or the uh, the wins elsewhere. Excuse me. So that's Tyler Anderson. We like what he's doing quite a bit. Um, I see. Lucy coming in here with the football, Charlie Brown. Do you want? Do you want to try to kick it with Vince Velasquez? Nope, not gonna. Yeah, do it. you know, I, I I'm gonna save us some time here because I agree, and I've been a sucker for him multiple times. He also pitched very well yesterday. Yesterday being May third, depending on when you're listening to this, uh, but it was his first like legitimately good start of the season. And in fairness, he started in the bullpen, so he needed to be stretched out. Um, so he went four, four and a third, and then six. You know, he's no, no, I'm just not, yeah, not, not, not he's, he's walking the yard. I'm not doing it. And he's been a home run machine. Yeah. Uh, and then Jose Urania, I didn't put him on as a joke, Justin. No, like, you did put him on as a joke. No, like this is funny. Stop. It's hilarious. No, 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 no. Like stop. 353 ERA, 126 whip. He's been like legitimately good. I don't know if it can last. But I had to put him on because the performance has been there, and yet people aren't picking him up. And I don't necessarily blame those folks, but he has four straight seven-inning outings. Like, yeah, you can't sit here and 
talk about some of the guys that we talk about rostering here and not give him a look uh, when he's doing something, especially the volume. That's yeah. just been really appealing. Now, the strikeout totals in those games have been 8, 2, 2, and 7. So too good, too bad. But you're you're going for volume and a decent ERA here. It's been a great ERA thus far at 3.53. But you're hoping for like a decent one. Like I think if you're picking up Urania for any period of time, you're hoping for a decent volume of a low fours ERA. And then the strikeout rate is at 7.1 per nine right now. So you're hoping that the volume can counteract the the and that. But Urania is pitching well. He's keeping the ball in the yard, which is the biggest difference. It's a point. Two five homer per nine. It does come with a five percent homer to fly ball, which is so far below anything he's ever done. Career twelve percent. That you have to wonder if that's, you know, not going to come up very soon. But to add on another stat, sixty percent ground ball rate. So there is something underneath suppressing those homers for the first time in his career. So do you see any viability to Urania in, you know, not just AL only mix mixers fifteen. 12 to 14 teamers where are you at on jose Urania and what he's been doing i mean yeah he's obviously viable any guy who's going seven innings on a regular basis in in today's game where not a lot of guys are even going six uh has some viability for me it's all about that ground ball rate that you mentioned the fact that he's mm-hmm. putting so many balls on the ground uh, and so few balls in the air 20 percent fly ball percentage right now it's been impressive. I've watched uh, three of his starts, like, you know, dialed in, start to finish type of deal. And then have, I've had the game on for most of them. And, you know, he got off to a brutal first start against Minnesota. Five walks against Cleveland in the second start. I'm like, this guy, yeesh, this is our, uh, you know, another Ivan Nova. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but, but, but younger. And then, no, he's turned the corner here with four straight, four straight goodies. And, um, you know, I think he's out there probably on too many wires at this point. Yeah, I think you just you kind of ride the hot streak right now. I I I have the feeling it's gonna come back and and things are gonna revert at some point. But as long as he's putting that many balls on the ground, uh, you got to just keep going with it. So uh, that's that's the main thing I'm watching. I'm watching you know yep. the walk rate and I'm watching his ground ball percentage. Uh, and as long as those things. Uh, stay steady i'll keep kind of rolling them out there but the moment that starts to trend back up uh i'm gonna be ready to cut bait yeah i think it is somebody that that you're you're keeping a very close eye on as you mentioned earlier um about how guys can sometimes be set it and forget it he does not at any circumstance fall under that level jose arena you need to pay attention know what he's doing know how he's going all right so i know martinez and anderson are your top two but but rank them Rank the whole uh, the whole six pack here. Mm, yeah. Okay. So I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna go Seamart, then Anderson, then Gray or Webb. Gray, then Webb, then Urena, um, then and punch yourself in the yeah, balls, exactly. and then take Velasquez. <laughs> yeah, Velasquez. I mean, it would take a lot for me to roster Vincent Velasquez. I'm just not going to do it. Yeah, I, I, I'm not either. Like I said, I've tried to kick that football many a time, uh, only to land on my back. All right, let's uh, let's move on to another devastating and, and very sad injury. Regardless of whether or not he's on your favorite team or your fantasy team at all, we're just losing a great electric player in Luis Robert. 
hip flexor, just, you know, running out a routine ground ball. That's why you don't hustle. Never hustle. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm barely kidding. Like, that is one thing, like, busting on, on just the most routine of ground balls. I'm not saying that you just take two steps and you curl back to the dugout, but being a hardo who, and he wasn't, by the way, I'm not, I'm not no. ro- roasting Luis Robert. I'm just saying, I've never been like, if you don't freaking lose your mind and hustle on a routine ground ball, you're, you're a loser. Nah, I, I, I think that's part of, this is part of why is because you can get hurt doing so many different things. So this sucks, man. They've lost two massive pieces in that outfield yeah. and they have to deal with Tony La Russa. They're, they're shaping up to be one of the bigger disappointments of the year already. It, it's too early to say definitively. And they're, I know they're three games over, but with the injuries and the lack of trust I have in Tony La Russa, I, I, I weirdly don't feel great, even though they are, you know, they're fine. They're second place, 15 and 12. I'm still like, uh Oh, they feel like they're in trouble to me. Um, this is good news for Andrew Vaughn. He should finally play, but it is Tony La Russa, So get your Lurie Garcia shares. going. Billy Hamilton's still his... on this roster, baby. Yeah. And so, you know, they're, they're 470 and 440 OPSs respectively between Garcia and Hamilton are going to be playing their faces off, baby. Um, it's going to be awful. Let's talk replacements here. Again, we're running the gamut, uh, from, 12-teamers to 15-teamers. Lorenzo Cain, recently returned Harrison Bader, Mike Talkman, Ahmed Rosario, and Sam Haggerty. So they're kind of ranked in order of that uh, shallow to deeper. But who do you like best here? Is it the name in Cain, or do you like somebody better? No, it's Cain. There's power. He had a home run last night. Uh, speed still he leaned in the, on it too. Yeah, it, I mean it was it was clean. It was yeah. great. Uh, there's speed in this profile. I mean he could easily go, I don't know, ten fifteen rest of the way, and I would not be yeah, surprised. I, I focused on the potential speed component with these backfills because obviously that's the biggest loss. Um, that, that that's being taken away from your from your Luis Robert shares. Yeah, is that you're not getting the uh those stolen bases that you were banking on so that's that's the focus here um even with some guys that don't really do much else like Haggerty or 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 Bader but you got to try to get some steals with the with this backfill here unless you're lucky and you've just got Mm -hmm. some other guys that are popping off for you but I think you do need to focus on that I also agree that Kane is is number one guy I know he's you know 35 and everything but he's he has like one bad year it was 2019 um you know, in, in the last uh, seven years, 2019 is his only down year. And he still hit 260 that year with 11 homers yeah. and 18 steals. It was, it was just that it was a 697 OPS. So it, was, it wasn't even down for fantasy. It was just down for, for real life. So I do think he's the obvious guy, standalone. If he's available, go get him. Don't, don't assume he was available in multiple 15-teamers this week. Uh, because he'd been on the IL and somebody had to cut him. Now, that's an NFBC type of thing. I grant that. In uh, other leagues with ILs, maybe he never even hit the wire. Uh, mm-hmm. But go look. Just make sure. So let's uh, let's focus in on the other four then. Bader, Talkman, Rosario, and Haggerty. Who's your favorite of that that little quartet? Um, I guess it's Talkman. But okay, this, so... I mean, this is going to you know lead into our next 
you know, kind of mini topic uh, yeah. of like how difficult it is to fill an outfield spot once you have a guy go down. Which is crazy because normally you say, well, if I lose anybody, if I got to lose guys, I, I hope it's outfield because that's usually the most plentiful. Um, it's just not, man. It's ugly when you have to replace an outfielder. Yeah. And, you know, unless you happen into something like a cane, which doesn't happen all the time, you're left scrambling. Now, Talkman was recently acquired by your Giants from the Yankees. Um, I, I forgot I had him in here. I was, we were going to give him his own separate topic to talk about that trade. But since we have him here, let's obviously get into that deal. He's played every day but one since getting – I think it was the, the – was he already on the team on Tuesday or not? I don't know. It looks like he's played pretty much since he's gotten there, mm-hmm. batting um, seventh, second, eighth, and then second again. Is Talkman going to play every day? Because you all run into 80 billion platoons. Is he going to get caught up in that? Or is he going to be able to you know, be one of the few guys that, that – gets a full-time run uh that's what we have at roster resource do you agree with that assessment i don't know if i would call it full-time run but i think it'll be greater than just being in a platoon okay um especially because he does hit lefties uh fairly decently so i do think that he could find himself i mean right now he's full-time because yastrzemski's on the il oh yeah that's true that's a good call once yastrzemski comes back is going to be a little bit more of a crunch for playing time. But um, that being said, like I, I believe in the talent, and he's got power, he's got speed. I think of the non-Lorenzo Kane guys on this list, he is easily uh, my favorite option. Um, not to say that I, I do still have you know a little soft spot for Ahmed Rosario, but mm-hmm. the playing time, I think, will be good enough and especially if he's going to be batting up high in the order uh and he has been batting second uh you know like I said in two of his four games and you know talkman does run um he's already got two this year in sporadic playing time with the yankees he had six in his 111 plate appearances last year mm-hmm. um and he's uh, amazing at base dealing. He's 16 for 18 for his career, and those two caughts came back in 2017. Yeah. Since then, he, he's untouchable. <laughs> so, um, yeah, he's 15 for 15 o- over the last four seasons. So, and, and there's a little pop to the bat too. Remember, he had that breakout 2019 that looked like, hey, there might be something here. Late bloomer leaving Colorado, but playing time just hasn't been there with New York. That's why they they decided to go ahead and move him. And I hope the Giants do play him. Obviously, like you said, it can get complicated when Yaz comes back. But I think if Talkman's dominating, then he's going to be more or less full-time. So will Yaz, and it'll just put a bigger crunch mm-hmm. on Dubon, Slater, Dickerson. You know, they're going to kind of be in their own three-way platoon. Yeah, I, I and, completely agree. And, I mean, it, this kind of move tells you a lot about what the Giants are going to do, right? So, they're, they're, I mean, obviously they want to maximize, uh, you know, their plate appearances and, and get guys in really good situations. But those of you who are holding on to Helio Romos, uh, uh, <laughs> have fun. Yeah, he, he, he's not making an appearance until at earliest after the trade deadline. So, I agree with that. Uh, you know, and so, uh, while I gr- Unless he just kills. Unless he Even just if he does, his way up. who's he going to, I mean, he, he'd have to leapfrog two or three guys, and they're not going to bring up Ramos to not play. 
I know. That's what I'm saying. That's why I think it would have to be like he's just setting the league on fire. Is he going to AAA or AA? AAA, I'm sure. Okay, so yeah, I'm again. It's I. You find room when if if a prospect is just decimating AAA, I think you figure it out. Um, but I think your general point is correct that short of that, he's not going to be up. So yeah. if you if you're waiting for Ramos to come up and and be impact, first off, I think you were getting a little lofty because the last time we saw him was uh, 25 games of Double A where he struck out 31 percent of the time. Like I. And he's only going to be 21 this year. He needs more seasoning, without a doubt. Yeah, for I sure. never really saw a great outlook for him this year. And now with the performances that they have, it's going to be even harder. Um, all right, so that's Talkman. You suggested that Rosario was your next guy, or, or does Bader jump him? I think Rosario is my next guy. Um, okay, so he is doing the interesting center field shortstop platoon. Mm-hmm. Um, literally plays shortstop against lefties. And center field against righties, but he is playing. Um, he gets sometimes he gets moved up in the order against lefties. Sixth, seventh area against righties. Second, sometimes first against. Actually, no. Uh, Cesar Hernandez is almost always first against lefties. But uh, yeah, either he, Rosario, or Jordan Luplau bats second against lefties. So you mentioned you still like him. You liked both these guys, Jimenez and Rosario. We're actually going to talk a little Jimenez in a little bit, so uh, we'll get to him later. But Rosario. You know, he has not been good. No, no not at all. There's no way to put it. You know, it's been bad. Sub 200 average, 67 WRC plus, two homers, one steal. Um, but you're not giving up based on 83 plate appearances. And, is basically I mean, what he's, you're saying. he's getting unlucky here, too. I mean, I mean 217 yeah, he, BABIP, his XBA is 256. Um, yeah. It, cut the strikeouts, raise the walks, like exactly what we would have wanted. Mm-hmm. So the plate profiles there, like you said, there is some bad luck here that has to smooth out for him, yeah. right? Highest contact uh, rate of his career, lowest O-swing of his career. I mean, he's doing the things he needs to do. He's just been getting a bit unlucky. And I think the Indians are a smart organization and they're seeing that. And that's why they continue to let him play. And I think he's going to be, he's due for a hot streak here pretty soon so he's definitely a guy that i would be uh interested in in picking especially with that multi-position eligibility yeah and the infield outfield which you always highlight how much you like that that does add another bit of uh you know of intrigue there when they can go infield to outfield so i i hear you on rosario it is difficult to just bury him after uh 83 plate appearances when you look at this profile and the fact that he's getting playing time so I, th- I think he is right there. Bader, you know, will get as much playing time as he, as he can handle as, as long as he's healthy because his defense is so strong. Mm-hmm. Is there anything in that bat? Can, can, or is this just who he is, which is somebody who can do some things against lefties but is so inept against righties that it usually holds his line, you know, it usually holds his line back. Um or can there be some growth from the 27-year-old? I mean, I'm not going to bury him at this point. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I think it, this. I think right now this is who he is. is he's a guy who can do something against lefties. He he walks. He's got a 12.5% walk rate this year. And it's at double-digit walk rates each of the last three seasons. So, like, that will get him on base where he can steal some bases. But, like, I don't think you're ever going to see a guy who's hitting, like, better than probably 240. Uh, at 
the major league level and uh and that that's going to be a little bit disappointing especially because there isn't a ton of power in this profile to begin with yeah i think i think that's definitely uh you know highlights the shortcomings with bader he is walking a bunch and and he brought his strikeout rate down thus far i mean he has no time this year his this four games last week were his first four games of the season so I don't even know if we can say that it's anything legit that he has his strikeout rate down to 19%. But his swinging strike rate is down a bit too. So if there is some legitimacy there, that will really help him. Um, I want him to be, He has two double-doubles in his career. 12 homers in both those seasons, 15 steals in 2018, 11 in 2019. If you can get a double-double the rest of the way, that might be... That might be worth it uh, when you're trying to replace Robert, who was a power speed guy mm-hmm. himself. What about Sam Haggerty out in Seattle? He's he's a utility type guy who's getting some burn and taking full advantage of it uh, fantasy wise because the, the slash line is actually garbage. But he has two <laughs> homers and he's five for five on the bases, making him nine for nine for his career. So speed is the only reason I bring him up because I actually don't even really believe in the two homers as if. He has some indication of power. Those could feasibly be his only two of the year. Um, And again, he's a util guy, so he doesn't even play every single day. This is for the deep folks, though, that lost Robert. Does Sam Haggerty come into play at all just to secure those steals, or is he just not good enough? I mean, in the short term, you could definitely use him as kind of a speed option, but Kalenic's going to be up at some point. And that'll make things a little bit more difficult for him to find playing time. Yeah, I, I tend to not want to buy into a guy like this with, with his kind of just approach and, and plate profile. So if, if you're desperate for speed because you lost Robert, I totally understand, you know, and, and maybe you're, you are in a kind of a deeper 15-team mix type league, NFBC or something like that. Yeah, I guess I I would take the shot because he is he is stealing and the Mariners is stealing, uh, yeah, which is important. But yeah, I don't see him being in this lineup on a regular basis here in the next few weeks. Yeah, that's that's the thing. It's 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 hard to really get excited about him, but I wanted to bring him up because he does have those five steals and that stands out right now when you're. Uh, when you're, when you're surfing the leaderboards and you see five steals, you're like, wait, a couple homers to go with it. That's the part that I'm mm-hmm. like, uh, don't let that dissuade you. If you know what you're getting into, which is empty steals, like a Smith style. Yeah, 250 on base percentage right now. <laughs> it's so gross. Yeah. That's so, that's so gross. Um, yeah, he's like a defense first, defense Ooh. only kind of guy, I think. Um, you know, I think he's he not even that in. strong defensively. He took walks in the minors, but I bet he just gets, uh, you know, overpowered here in the majors because they know that. What, what are you going to do? You're yeah. not going to hit a homer, so we're just going to we're just going to challenge you. Oh, especially so, in that's Seattle, where it's where it's you know pitcher's park. Anyways, they're just going to go after exactly. you. So yeah, you might need to be scraping for those steals in a deep league. I just wanted to make sure that we ran uh, a little bit deeper there for those of you trying to replace Robert. Um, and you hinted at another topic I want to talk about, which is the difficulty of backfield outf- uh, of out- outfield backfill. It is difficult in all formats right now. Um, I was trying to replace somebody in a three outfielder league, and I was finding relative to you know previous years, I was finding the options to be relatively sparse. And I'm wondering, do you think it's 
Uh, obviously, I think part of it is a rash of injuries, mm-hmm. but there's injuries every year. Do you think it's the um, the, the 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 rise in platoons that's yeah. causing some of this? Um, not just with with your Giants who are really embracing it, but a lot of teams out there that are that are it's not even a straight up fourth outfielder. It's like two three and a halves um, because they let you know, a Jordan Luplau gets some at-bats against righties. So he's not just getting the the lefty destroyer, but he's also getting in against righties. Um, you know, we see other guys getting mixing in that like, oh, they used to be just this one side, but they're mixing in. But then that's creating problems for the guy that they're taking time from and making them a little bit in between. So what what are you seeing here in addition, whether it's just the, the platoons or other factors that are cr- creating such a pinch of talent in outfield, which is usually the most plentiful place to go for talent. What are you seeing with it? Yeah, I think a lot of it has to do with the platooning, right? I mean, just there's so few guys, especially when you start getting outside of the top 60 outfielders that are getting full-time playing time. And it's hard Mm -hmm. to accumulate stats if you're not getting full-time playing time. Uh, And, you know, I mean, we we talk about this all the time, that innings pitched and in at-bats or plate appearances are currency in fantasy. And so it, it becomes very, very difficult. I mean, it's easier, obviously, to do in a 10 or a 12-team league. Uh, you know, I'm looking at, like, uh, one of my online championship leagues. I think you, this is the one you're in. And, I mean, there are guys out there. Adam Eaton's out there. Uh, Lorenzo I Cain. cut him. Of course you did. I, I gave up Adam Eaton. I had to. <laughs> you already hit those three homers. You can have them. Yeah. I mean, he, he's 96 rostered, 96% rostered in 12-teamers. It was just a scenario that I was in where I had to cut him. Mm-hmm. But like like I said, I think even in t- 10s and 12s, relative to what's normally available. Yeah, it, it's, it's much thinner. It's just, uh, and it is, part of it is teams are doing what they can to maximize their plate appearances and kind of opportunities mm-hmm. in the same way that fantasy managers uh, have tried to do for years. It's, it's about yep. getting the most out of each individual at bat or plate appearance that you can. Um, you know, you're just going to have to stay vigilant, especially in your deeper formats uh, and try to grab the guy that seems to be trending in the right direction. And so looking at uh, articles um, or tools that track, plate appearances or track playing time you know mike curland uh does a lot of that work uh i think over at rotor baller um you know I believe jeff zimmerman does some lineup stuff uh for us at fan Graphs. like these yeah. are really really important people to follow their work um and really kind of keep track of okay who who's starting five days a week um because those are the guys that you know maybe you're willing to give up a little bit of talent um at times just to make sure you're getting as many plate appearances as you can. Yeah. Because when you talk in tens and twelves, you need volume. Mm -hmm. Like rate can only get you so far. You will start to fall behind if you're not putting up, if you're not putting up volume. Yeah. I mean, one of the reasons why, like when I do fab, like the first thing I do is I set it to, you know, the last, you know, two weeks and then I sort by at bats. And I'm, yep. I just want to Same. see who, who's voluming, uh, you know, and make sure I'm not missing a guy that might be getting a lot of plate appearances that I just didn't think about. 
you know, and, and when you do that, like, you know, guys like Jackie Bradley Jr. kind of, you know, jump out at you. And yeah, he's not hitting well right now, but he's he's going to play a fair Even with Kane back, yep. he, he is. Yeah, they're, they're going to run. You know, Yelich is obviously going to be locked and loaded. I think Kane is, too. He'll he'll get all his body can handle. But then Kane, uh, Bradley and Avi Garcia, they're going to both play a good bit. And, Another guy, Jonathan uh, Daza. Um, yes. is a guy that I picked up in a couple league, a couple deeper leagues uh, that like nobody thinks about him, but he's hitting you know 255 over the last uh, over the last two weeks, 47 plate appearances, and that that's that's a that's a huge amount of plate appearances when you're considering even guys like Adam Eaton who supposedly play every day has got 36. I mean, yeah, because they are playing him pretty regularly. Um which feels like a, a, a strong indictment of how they feel about Sam Hilliard because he's sent out. Oh, he came back. And, oh, Hilliard's back. Yeah, okay. yeah. They uh, because they put I think Sensatella on the the IL, and so they brought Hilliard back. But I mean, okay. clearly, okay. if they were yeah. sending Hilliard down, like he, exactly. he's not he's not in line for the most most amount of playing time there. And 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 letting Daza get that PT. Like that again. That's 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 a strong indictment there. Now they did move Hampson. He's been playing. Um, he's actually kind of doing the Ahmed Rosario thing, mm-hmm. where he's infield to outfield based on the handedness of the pitcher in question. So that's opened up a little bit more center field time. But even when when he's in center, Daz has been playing right or left. Like they, he's really playing all the time. Yeah. And you know his numbers are not going to jump off the page to you. But that PT is, and he is hitting 284 for the season. And he so. does have speed. Like he, he's a guy who's, you know, he stole 31 bases in, in uh, high A in 2017, stole uh, 12 bases in just 89 games uh, in AAA in 2019. So like there is some speed to the profile. So if like you're in a, sure. a deeper mix league and you're looking for that speed replacement, I actually prefer Daza over Haggerty. Because yeah, that and that's where you got him. Yeah, Daza's mm-hmm. in the Haggerty realm here. We're not putting him on the same level as the Kane and Taco no, and Rosario no. group that we were talking about there. But yeah, it, it's it's rough in those streets for outfield right now. Mm-hmm. And you know, I say that, and then I'm, I mentioned that I was the one that that cut Adam Eaton. I cut him. I, I I don't know if you've ever done this, and we'll get into it more here when we talk about the guy that I that I did it for. I cut him, and I only put one guy. I said if yep. I get this guy. I can cut Eaton. Otherwise, I'm fine. Like, so as far as my outfield goes now, basically it was a de- decision between in a 12 teamer between Kelnick and Eaton. You'd have kept Kelnick, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, what about J up versus Eaton? I, I uh, kept J yeah, up. Yeah, I'll take well. up. Yeah. Yeah. So that that's that's how I ended up cutting him. Um, all right. So that's outfield. If you, if you've got guys who are playing. Hang on to those guys and, and really make sure that if you are going to cut somebody like an Eaton who is playing a, a good bit, that there's a really good reason for it. And like I said, I felt that there was. I'll get into the details of it here in a little bit. Let's talk about Alejandro Kirk going out, though. This is a bummer. Speaking of, we're talking about outfield backfield, catcher backfield <laughs> right now. Now, that's always treacherous in, in the catcher streets. We know that. But the wave of injuries that is hitting that position right now is disastrous yeah. justin it's insane and the real the real upsetting thing about kirk is he was just getting going mm-hmm. he was really starting to click those that drafted him you know i i was expressing to you uh some 
some, uh, you know, doubt about having gotten him. I was like, oh, man, that, you know, I broke one of my rules about getting a young catcher. I'm an idiot. Then he has a two-homer game. Um, you know, that was on the heels of, of three straight games with hits. He'd really been turning it around. Uh, you know, it's, he only has 17 total games. So, you know, you lop off six games. It was only 11 games that he was, quote-unquote, struggling before he turned around. So bottom line is I was overreacting either way. Now he's out for at least six weeks with a hip flexor. He's an easy cut, even in two catcher leagues as far as I'm concerned. Um, I have replacements for one and two catcher leagues. Let's start with the one. And these roster rates are from ESPN uh, because they do cater to one catcher, 10 teamers as their main their main league. So these guys are going to be available in a lot of leagues. Sean Murphy's at 38%. Austin Nola, fresh off the ILs at 33%. And Kyle Higashioka starting to uh, get more and more time, taking it away from Gary Sanchez, is at 13%. So of the the trio of one catcher league potential replacements, who do you like best? Uh, does it go in order, or, or does, does it someone leapfrog Murphy there for you? No, I think it probably goes in order there. Um, I mean, I love Murphy, Nola Higashioka. Sorry. Yeah. So yeah, I love Nola, and I mean, if if we were going sh- like on straight talent basis, I probably would take Nola. I just the playing time situation there um, seems just a little bit more congested. Yeah. I mean, Caratini's gonna be the personal catcher most day- most times for Darvish, and is likely you know because he's such a good catcher we'll get another start every week. So, uh, yeah, I just worry about the playing time for a guy like Nola. Uh, but and Murphy seems pretty locked in. I know he's hitting one eighty eight right now or, but, but similar to the Kirk thing, it, it, if you break it down, it's like, you know, 14, 15 bad games. And then his last seven, he's getting back on track 261 346 652 yeah. with three homers in his last 26 plate appearances so you know it, he is turning it around but he hit a lot of waiver wires in one catcher leagues and i don't blame those folks to be honest i, I really don't um when they cut him early because it's a one catcher league yeah. and even though i like his upside those folks probably went out and got Narvaez, and now he's hurt, so now they have to go out and get somebody else. Maybe they get Murphy right back. But, yeah, I think he's the number one there. I like Nola as well, but for the same reasons that you mentioned, Caratini is going to play you know, usually at least twice a week, and they don't have injuries right now to where you would really envision like a second-base start here and there for Nola. Maybe if injuries start to hit them and he can bounce around to where mm-hmm. when Caratini's playing, so is Nola. But right now, Profar's healthy and playing well. Cronenworth is a stud, so they, and they don't really have a spot uh, to put Nola in on those off days. I think those off days are going to end up being off days. What about Higashioka versus Sanchez? It's, it's really turning into more of a timeshare as Higashioka continues to play well and, and get some key homers for them while Sanchez continues to be a disaster. Yeah, I mean, at some point, <laughs> they just have to go with the guy who's playing better. I know, like, name value isn't just a thing for fantasy, right? I mean, sometimes yeah. these, these teams go, no, this guy used to be good. Well, I mean, Sanchez still has power, right? I mean, but he's not a good catcher. Higioshi, uh, I can't even pronounce his name. <laughs> Higashioka. Yeah, that, that's the thing that kills Sanchez. You're right, because you can get away uh, with not hitting very well 
if you were a, a defense, good catcher. Yeah, it was, and we're going to talk about that with one of the two catcher guys um, here in a moment. And so that's a that's a double whammy there is that Higashioka is starting to hit a little bit here and there. Uh, I mean, he's been great so far this year with a 1081 OPS. Nobody expects that to hold. But he had a 771 last year, which was above average. It was a 102 yeah. WRC plus, and he's the markedly better catcher. So Sanchez, I mean, in the last six games, it's been four to two Higashioka. Yeah, and I think it should be that uh, at this point. I mean, what he's doing is really, really impressive, especially his patience to play. Uh, his O-swing percentage is 16%. He's walking 15% wow. of the time. He's making... He's looking for his pitch. Yeah, he, he's, you know, is, And it's not like he's being passive either. His zone swing percentage is, you know, 66%. So, like, it's... He's just... He has a really good eye right now, and obviously he's a catcher he could get nicked up things could change in the profile but i you know he was a guy i picked up uh in a few leagues this week as kind of a replacement for omar navarez mm-hmm. um or kirk or any one of the million catchers that went out <laughs> on, on I know. Team I, I, and I tried to get him, but people were putting in some crazy bids for Higashioka. Yeah. I, i'm not gonna lie i was i was putting in firm single digit bids. yeah i was too and some fools were putting in 40, 50s, and I'm like, He went a hundred dollars in one of my leagues. Shut up, dude. Yeah. Are you serious? Mm-hmm. I mean, you can have him at that point. Yeah, like, come not on. I'm, I'm never going to spend a hundred dollars on a catcher. No, because not even like as much as I really do like him, I'm excited about his prospects. I wouldn't even do it with like Adley Rutschman coming up. No, because... I mean, I, I got Dalton Farshow in a league for like $30. Oh man, you want to talk about his star waning, and now's the perfect time to buy. I think. Oh, I, I'm not actually, out. I got him for three. I got three dollars on our show. I love that. It, I'm, it, I'm not out on him. I'm, I'm with you there. He was only available in one of my leagues, the only league where I have both catchers healthy and in raring to go. Every other league, I was having one catcher down, the and Varsha wasn't available, and I was like, dang it. So I, I could I couldn't really justify getting. I'm not trying to do three catchers. Yeah, but Varsha uh, went. Uh, in four of my fat leagues this week uh and the most amount anybody spent on him was 41 dollars. and he was like a ninth round pick yeah a couple months ago how quickly the tides turn mm-hmm. it's, it's kind of funny it's kind of funny that it happens that fast um so yeah murphy nola higashioka and you know There'll be some other guys, too. Those are three that jumped out to me. Varsho may be somebody that mm-hmm. you look at as well. Let's talk about the potential two-catcher league replacements and the guy I was talking about with the elite defense making up for the fact that he's just a dreadful hitter is Kirk's teammate, Danny Jansen, who's obviously going to now get more of a full-time role that obviously he'll sit a day here and there, maybe a day or two, but his volume is going to go up. I don't think Riley Adams... I don't even know who that is, um, is really going to push him. Why isn't it Reese McGuire? Um, I, I, I don't know. Um, I mean, they're just out on him. He's 26 years old. I mean, I mean, he's a really good defensive player. Um, yeah. But like he, he doesn't bring much to the table offensively. So it just may be a matter of they've already got that good defensive player in in Jansen, so they want something a little bit different, I guess. I mean, that that tracks because looking at Riley Adams's scouting report that we have, 
nothing really stands out except for the 60 raw. Um, he's got 60 raw power, and he actually has negative field. He's a 40 field, so it does look like they are kind of favoring bat over defense there with their backup. So okay, I mean he's only maybe start, there's I more think. off the field problems for McGuire. I mean this was a guy yeah. who, you know, did have that unfortunate d- incident behind a dollar tree. Yeah, I mean he can display good wood. It's just usually at the wrong times, you know. It's, it's hard to say, hard to say. Um, but yeah, so Jansen's going to play a lot more. So Danny Jansen, Tyler Stevenson, Jacob Stallings. Let's talk about those three. Uh, and I who can't. you like best as a Kirk? Yeah, you have to. You have to keep going. Oh man. All right. Do you have a preference between those three with Jansen, Stevenson, and Stallings? You got two guys. Who are starting a lot in Jansen and J- Stallings, um, defense first guys, and then you got Stevenson, who is intriguing, but he's in a timeshare with Barnhart, and he is a you know catching prospect still. We're talking about like this, like these kind of deeper leagues and stuff. I want the guy who's not going to hurt me, and so I'll take Tyler Stevenson probably nine out of ten times over these kind of guys. Uh, I mean, yeah, he doesn't play every day or even close to every day, um, but he's hitting 364. Uh, his, his career major league batting average between his two tiny samples is 344. I mean, he he's just a good hitter, and he has been working on the defense. I think at some point he will uh, get uh, more playing time as the season goes on. So, uh, yeah. If Barnhart comes back to earth, because he himself has yeah. been – playing well and I guess you you know I didn't include him but you can check to see if he's available because he is he's hitting very nicely 306 386 532 with three homers he cut down the switch hitting he's now just a left-handed hitter and it seems to be suiting him well similar to your boy said Mullins who also ditched switch hitting and it's fostering a breakout there's something about that that uh that's helping guys but yeah I I'm with you Stevenson again I, I'm not a huge fan of young catchers um, because they usually take a while to figure everything out. But, um, you know, I did I did go ahead and take the plunge on Kirk in some leagues. And so why not replace him with a similar type of guy who is offense first, who mm-hmm. can really spike something big? Like there just doesn't seem to be a reasonable scenario where Jansen or Stallings goes off offensively, right? Yeah. It, it, would, it would definitely be a low percentage outcome for that to happen i mean i could see it happening with jansen we've seen it before in shorts you know spurts that he he definitely has something to that bat and i'm not necessarily ready to give up on him offensively but for me i want the guy with 2018 (laughs) i want the guy with the higher floor um and that's stevenson especially in the deeper leagues i i just don't like i don't want my batting average getting killed by my catcher um and so yeah I typically care less about uh, – I'd rather take a dead spot than get crushed, you know. I, I, and I think – I, I kind of think that Jansen is that de- – like, I, I really am worried about his, his bat. I maybe won't go so far as to say I'm completely out, but I think I'm more out than you because we are a bit removed from that, from that one decent sample, and it wasn't that big to begin with, and he's been just completely awful since then. And by the way, you know, for his part – uh, Jacob Stallings is hitting 246, 388, 400. 246 is really not that bad. Mm-hmm. It, it, like where we're at with batting average, 246, not just for catcher. In general, it's not that bad. Yeah. So 
I might have him actually ahead of Jansen as well. I think I'm going to go Stevenson, Stallings, Jansen here with this trio. That's fair. Okay. Um, all right. Well, then we'll move on there. Hopefully, y'all can get uh, Kirk replaced because it's going to be a while. And like I said, I cut him in most formats. Obviously, Dynasty is a different thing. But any sort of redraft, I'm cutting Kirk here. Um, Keston Hero was demoted in, in a bit of a surprising move, although when you look at his performance – Maybe not so much. It coincides perfectly with with the miners starting today on May fourth, so that he can get full time burn, mm-hmm. and it's not just alt site stuff. He's actually going to be playing because he needs to figure some things out and needs to be getting daily at bats. He's hitting one fifty two, two forty seven, two sixty six with a homer and a steal. I mean, I. I I made clear on this show how I felt about Keston here coming into the season that I had some trepidation. It did not amount to me thinking he would have a 513 OPS, um, but it's been really bad. And he's been overrated now for a while. Like, I, I just think that his flaws have been glossed over for the allure of power speed. And, you know, it's coming home. It's coming home to roost because. He's been terrible since last year, really. Um, you, add, you add it up, it's 335 plate appearances of a 196, 284, 372 with 14 homers and four steals, 35% strikeout rate, 7% walk. Kesson here is busted right now. Well, first, let me get your thoughts on the demotion and where you're at with him. Are you holding him in redraft leagues? And then we'll get into some potential replacements for him. Yeah, I think you have to hold him. Uh, I mean, as long as you can, like, obviously if you're in a, and you don't want to take a zero because you're holding on to Kessnera and you've got too many other injuries, but I, I mean, I do think he's still a talented guy. I mean, but there are, there's always going to be a large amount of strikeouts, this power speed. Um, yeah. 24 years old. Let's, I'm, let's I'm not, I'm not giving up on him by any stretch. Nor, nor am I, yeah. despite expressing concerns, I'm still not mm-hmm. fully out. So that being said, like this is like I got some heat for saying this was a surprising move um, in, in the Rotor write-up, but like nobody thought this was in the range of outcomes that he was. I'm gonna... sorry. Yeah. Yes, it is surprising. I I, I back you yeah. on that. Like, come on. It's uh yeah. It's been you know it just it's super disappointing. Um, but you know the Brewers are first in the division and. They're trying to win, and so they need to get him right. This just makes me laugh because I made this bet with Mike Curlin that we've talked about before at the beginning or before the start of the season because uh, I was down on Kettle Marte, and yep. uh, and I said, and he was like, "Well, you know, what about Keston Hero?" I was like, "I don't really like Keston Hero, but I'll take that bet that he finishes higher on the player radar." Uh, oh no, Kettle Marte, in spite of missing the majority of the season is about 450 spots oh. higher than Keston Hero oh, right now. Um, the worst bet ever made. That's, that's, I don't, I, I gotta be honest, I don't think you have a, a shot. I don't either. Like, obviously, you know, mathematically there is some sort of shot, but when you're thinking about, like. Kettle Marte could miss the rest of the season and I'm gonna lose that's what this. I'm saying. Yeah almost verbatim what i was about to say i i think you should almost pay out now whatever it was like i it's me I mean, wearing the justin mason swimsuit on a live stream oh yeah i mean that's gonna be fantastic i yeah. mean you can wait it out just in case there's a miracle but my goodness that's what you need at this point that's yeah that's gonna be so tough so okay um 
10 team, hold or cut. Generally speaking, obviously everyone's scenario will differ, but 10 team redraft, you cutting Hira? I think it is probably okay to cut him in a 10 team redraft. 12 team? I think that's where I start to want to hold more. So then 15 team, you're definitely yeah. holding unless you're just I mean, yeah, up. if you're if you're just crushed by injuries and many people are, like I totally understand just cutting bait and, and going on a to couple, the next game. A couple injuries and then having Franco or Kelnick, who you really mm-hmm. want to hang on to as much as you can. Now, would you keep those prospects Absolutely. over Hero? Okay, what about Bobby Witt? Yes. Does he fit with... Because okay, I, th- okay. I think cool. Witt's going to be up here pretty quick. I hope you're right. I hope you're right. All right, let's talk potential replacements then. Again, I try to run the gamut from the 12s into the 15s. Um, I didn't include the 10s because I just think those you know, talent pools are deeper, kind of easier to replace. Um, and just it would be too many names to discuss. So let's start with uh, it's Jerickson Profar, Andres Jimenez, Cesar Hernandez, Jonathan Scope, Josh Rojas. Um, what do you want to talk about first? Who's your number one here? I think my number one is Rojas. Um, okay, wow. So I, he was. These were kind of listed in an order for me, not firm, but I did have Rojas a little bit lower. So he is. He's spiking right now. Mm-hmm. He had a big three homer run that regained his attention and um, had Alex Chamberlain spontaneously combust. Do you believe this is the beginning of of, of a run for Roja, or, or or the beginning of it, it's obviously a run? Do you think it's the beginning of su- some sustainability for Roja? Yeah, because I mean this has been going on for close to two weeks now. I mean o- since uh, April eighteenth, he's hitting three seventy eight, four twenty five. 784, four home runs, one stolen base. Uh, you know, at one point early in the season, you know, when he was struggling, they were batting him first or second at times. Uh, I think he could easily find himself back up towards the top of the lineup, too, because they, they really like Rojas. Um, mm-hmm. And they're willing to give him a shot. Second base and outfield eligibility uh, is pretty nice as well. So, uh, I yeah, I think he's he's got a ton of upside. Um, maybe I should be putting him in as uh, in front I, of him. I, I, I was gonna challenge. You yeah, because I boy. do love him in as. Uh, yeah, no, I'm gonna I'm gonna put him in as in front of him. I yeah, because I, okay, I I still believe in in him and as. Um, him at the top. Let's talk a little bit about. Well, first off, before we close the book on Rojas, what is your expectation from this point forward with a uh, with, with a batting average and a and a homer and steal count? I think he's probably like 260 batting average with, I don't know, 15-15. That'd be freaking fantastic. Yeah. I, I, I believe in the talent. I really do. Because um, that's... And he, uh, he's know. a guy like I have scooped up absolutely everywhere he's been dropped. Including I, I didn't... when Alex Chamberlain dropped him in Tout Wars. He caught him? Yeah. He can't, he doesn't get him anymore. No, he's no, out. That's not, yeah, no longer guy. Alex's guy. It's my guy. Yeah, no, you lose him. Uh-huh. You lose him when you cut him. And 100%. I've got all the goodness from this last week. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. He's out. You're out, Chamberlain. You're toast. I've banned you. I've banished you at this point. Um, by the way, I I could have and should have included Rojas in the in the Lubob discussion then too, because he does have outfield eligibility. He currently has outfield shortstop and second base. Mm-hmm. That's fantastic for Rojas. Um, 
where would he go in that Kane, Talkman, Rosario, Bader, Haggerty list? Would he go after Talkman or after Rosario? Mm, probably after Talkman. Okay. And I think you can make the argument to put him out of Talkman. Okay, so maybe after after Kane. Okay, so you're you're very big on Rojas. Uh, I was I was super big coming in to the season. I ended up cutting him in one league. I bought him back. I can't remember if I bought him back in the league. I cut him or not. But you hate to do that. But hey, I'm not too proud either to do that. This though. is also like this this you know kind of plays into a little bit of strategy talk that we don't necessarily. Uh, talk about a ton, and I don't think the industry necessarily talks about a ton uh, in early season, is people are overreactive. <laughs> and so, uh, yep. you know, if there was a guy that you liked, but, you know, from my issue with Rojas was where the price went in draft season, especially towards the end. Um, and so I, you know, he's one of those guys where I just kind of highlight uh, and put on my watch list in places, and when people do drop him, you know, I'm going to go swoop him up because I think he is too talented, and, and Arizona is in a position where they're not competing for anything this year, and they want to see what, they can, what they've can, what they got in a guy yeah. like Rojas. So, you know, scooping guys that people drop prematurely uh, is, is really, really important. It, it is, and that's why paying attention to cuts is very important. Now, um... I cut him in two leagues. I cut him in the main and TGFBI, two 15-teamers. Yes. Now, do you not think that there was some justification to that when I cut him on April 18th when he had played in 14 games, only eight of them where he had started, and he went 114, 262, 200? I mean, it's it's all dependent on your team context, right? If like, Sure. If you're, especially if you're dealing with injuries or underperformance other places, you're going to have to make moves. And so... You know, but... Yeah, he, he just was a guy that, you know, I'd held on to for the for the first two weeks and then it just got to a point I, I can't remember exactly, you know, it comes, the scenario. It comes down to how much you believe in someone's talent, right? If you if you believe in, you know, someone that you drafted late, then I think the I think the first instinct for people is, Oh, he's not performing, I'm gonna get him off my team. But, you know, you and I are Guys that do a ton of research. We're researching, you know, it at, at the latest, as soon as the previous season ends. We're, oh, yeah. You know? I mean, sometimes and so it's in like, that September, we start I'm putting not, up stuff for the following year. Well, I definitely want to be proactive. I also don't want to be reactive uh, in, in a lot of situations because we put so much work into our analysis. And mm-hmm. so I think, yeah, I mean, was it? You know, are there situations in which, yeah, a guy like Rojas that you've identified as someone worthy of a, a 22nd round selection? Yeah, there are going to be instances where you should drop him. But there's also instances where you should just believe in your process. And yep, I took him in the 24th um, of of that of the main. And I think the part that really bums me out is who I picked up for him. Because it was Josh Fuentes. Yeah, see, and that's... I, I, th- I think they had seven coming up at home. I mean, I, I, guarantee, I guarantee they had a portion yeah. of games coming at Coors. So obviously, I, I never w- I can say I never would have done that. I took him in the 25th in TGFBI, and I cut him for Garrett Cooper there. I actually like Cooper quite a bit better than Fuentes. Still kind of painful, the two guys I cut him for. Yeah, and I think that is kind of the... 
the kind of here's the thing like don't don't drop someone that you've identified as someone you believe in or you like for just crap like if you're gonna do it do it for the right reasons like you know you've identified someone else or some you know or this you know (laughs) as opposed to i mean if josh flintes had gone off in colorado it would have been the right reason though right yeah i I don't have a problem with that lofty expectations of him but it was it was a coors week that was being set up and rojas was terrible but especially with these guys that you know high you know big helium guys right in at the end of draft Mm -hmm. season someone's gonna swoop him like it's not like he's gonna be out there for you to restream back in or at least if you do you're gonna have to pay a pretty penny for it so that's Thing. They were. He was bought up cheap. Yeah, he was. He was. He was bought up cheap in a lot of leagues. <laughs> Two dollars in 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 the main, and let's see what uh, whoever got him from me in the especially in with the multi Oh, eighty-seven dollars yeah. for that one. Okay, at least they paid a little something there. Eighty-seven bucks to get Rojas back in in that league. Yeah, he went for two hundred and fifty-four dollars in one of my mains oh. this week. Smoked, and I didn't even realize because you mentioned this earlier, and I was astounded. Um, I guess I glossed over the fact that Kyle Higashioka, just going back to that real quick, went for over a hundred in my TGFBI 103 secondary bid, five dollars. <laughs> Good job. Good job there. Uh, but yeah, so Rojas, um, I think I'm actually willing to admit that that's a mistake, not just on the heels of the three homers, but on on what you're talking about with the concept of of trying to stay in on your guy um, longer than that. Cause you've identified somebody in this case, you know, I was uh, Alex, he's Alex's guy, but you know, I, I was there when he was traded over from Houston to Arizona saying like, Oh, I like this guy. If he finds playing time, you know, I, I got no problem with Alex, you know, getting the credit for him as, as a flag planted guy, but I was certainly seeing him as somebody that I liked. He had a good spring. I thought playing time comes this year. He gets off to such a dreadful start. I'm like, okay, uh, I'm, I need, I need some bodies. I could, you know, what was happening was for the half weeks that you can do in NFBC. Cause you can go Monday, Thursday for hitting and then Friday through Sunday. I never wanted to put him in. And I was like, I want some guys that I feel comfortable putting in. That's and fair. the simple fact is I wanted, you know, I took a guy in Coors and it was a flop, it, you know, it, 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 it didn't, it didn't work. And I'm looking now the net, the very next week I cut Haseon Kim and maybe I should have cut Kim over Rojas, you know, but I had Kim when Tatis was hurt. And so it was difficult to cut him thinking that Tatis might be out for a long, remember, you know, remember mm-hmm. there was a scare there for a moment. It's hard to remember now. But there was a scare. So anyway, I'm trying to justify a little bit, but it's it's painful. It, it's painful. It's also a little bit of damned if you do, damned if you don't. Like, I mean, yeah. if he had just continued to weigh your team down, like you would have been kicking yourself for not dropping him. So, but uh, Yeah, looking at all the guys I missed and then, you know, dreaming on those guys. Even though I took Josh Fuentes, who was bad, I, I could go through and be like, oh, what if I had picked up Pevin Smith? Or what if I had picked up... Uh, you know, Nico Horner, whomever else, you know, so you can do that stuff too. So, um, but okay, let's get back on track here with the Keston here replacements. Andres Jimenez, Josh Rojas are your top two. Then you got Profar, Cesar Hernandez, Jonathan Scope. And before you make your next pick, I want to point out maybe to influence you, maybe just to give you the info. Jerks and Profar has five steals already. Yeah. Well, and 
I mean, the steals are great. I'm not uh, like for me, it's the playing time. Like he he's playing. Um, yes. Yeah. I thought you were going to say he is. I was like, wait, what are you talking no, about? Sorry. No. I, I guessed what you were going to say yeah. there and I was wrong. But yeah, he's playing a lot. And um, Kim is the odd man out. Cronenworth yeah. and Profar are playing every day. Kim and even Fam are guys that uh, are struggling for the playing time. Is Profar your next guy? Or I know we've both been Sancho Hernandez guys in the past. Who do you go for between those two? I think, especially if you're thinking short term, uh, Profar is the guy. Um, you know, like you said, he's got five stolen bases already. Yeah, he's hitting two fifty three. Uh, it's got a bomb. Fourteen runs scored already. Like he's yep. He doesn't even bat high. No, That's well the team the is just so good. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Like yeah, I mean it's just yeah. I, I think he's easily the next guy on the list, and then I think it's a little bit of a gap to Cesar. And I agree with what you're saying about short term too, because Cesar's. You know, he, he has hot streaks. I'm not going to mm-hmm. say he doesn't because he definitely does. But he is one of those guys that you just kind of look up at the end of the season and he gets his numbers. So if you're not going to have him in for an extended period of time, I, I feel I understand wanting to go for something a little bit flashier. I totally yeah. get that concept he, with him because he's kind of bland and he needs that volume to get to where he's going to be. Say Hernandez. And Hernandez is going to be fine. Like, I know. I agree. Like, I know he's hitting 194. He's got a 221 Babbitt. And yep. what what do you think his X batting average is right now? I think his plate skills are still strong. So I'm going to say his X, XBA is probably still something like 260 area. Um, 283. Oh, my God. Yeah, I mean, oh, my God, because he has a near one-to-one strikeout to walk, even better than normal. Yeah. You mentioned how low that BABIP is. His batted ball profile is fine. You know, it's a little ground ball heavy, but it's – it's normal. Yeah, he's gonna he's, he's, he's gonna be fine. Like it's like yeah, this is definitely you know I mean zone contact percentage. It's lower than it has been the last few years, but it's still eighty eight percent. Like I mean he he's gonna be absolutely fine. Like uh, I wouldn't worry about him at all. Yeah. I, I kind of think Scope is going to be too. Uh, different different setup, mm-hmm. like different type of player. But he's one of those prototypical guys who hits his homers in bunches. Yeah. I know a lot, a lot of guys do, and that's a bit of a cliche. I am concerned about 31% strikeout rate, but it, his swinging strike rate is in line with where it's always been, and he usually maintains more of a low 20s for scope for his strikeout rate. He doesn't walk. Um, yeah, I think, I think scope yeah. will be fine as well. Do you have his page up by chance? I wonder what his XBA is. I know it's not going to be great. Yeah, so I, I knew it would be higher than the 191, but I knew it wouldn't be amazing. Yeah. But, yeah, I think he's going to be fine, too. Um, is it Hernandez and then Scope for you, though? Yeah, it in is. That order? Okay, yeah. I think I think we're agreed here on this entire uh, rundown of, of the Keston here replacements. You know, there are some decent ones. Um, interestingly enough, though, two of them are outfielders in Rojas and Profar, so they may be better off mm-hmm. <laughs> backfilling Robert, as we mentioned earlier. So... That's the bad news, okay? Let's get into a couple positive things here. Daniel Lynch debuted, and again, Kansas City bringing up a young pitcher early, showing their commitment to giving guys an opportunity when they feel like they're ready. And Now, I know this is after that first deadline where they get the extra year and everything, but you know they showed it with Bubich and Singer last year that, hey, we're going to give you guys opportunities. Plus... Um, he was a little bit behind the curve. Mm-hmm. Lynch was. He's 24 years old, and he hadn't touched anything higher than um, high A. 
Now, last year would have been like a double-A, triple-A season if everything had gone right and maybe even a debut if he had really pitched well. So that's that missing year right there that would kind of bridge the gap. So he's 24. That's why they're like, hey, let's give you a shot. Now, he wasn't great in the debut, but I wonder what you think of Daniel Lynch um, as we go forward here. He went four and two-thirds, four hits, three runs, zero – or excuse me, uh, I almost said zero walks. It was four walks, zero homers, three strikeouts. So a mixed bag, not, not, a, not a very good debut. That should keep his price down this weekend, though, um, although he'll get another start on the weekend, which could push it right back up. But what do you think about Daniel Lynch? Is he somebody that you're looking at uh, to, to bid on this week to – to have him on, on your team for a little while in like a 15-teamer, maybe 12? Yeah, I, I do. I I don't know if I'm going to pay the price that other people will. Uh, like, I think I think he's going to go for triple digits in, in most leagues. And I think it solely depends how he does against the White Sox. Yeah, on that's Saturday. fair. Maybe, maybe gets, we get lucky and gets blown. <laughs> yeah. If he, well, okay. You know what? Let's just loop in the other guy here that we're going to talk about. Because Shane McClanahan mm-hmm. had a an amazing debut and he was not a lockdown triple-digit guy. Now, he went triple digits in plenty of leagues, but like our, our buddy Jeff, uh, Jeff Erickson, excuse me, got him for 79 in a main. Mm-hmm. He went 197 in my main. What did McClanahan go for in yours? I think it was 160-something, uh, but okay. I, I will double But even check. that feels lower than what I expected based on the fact that he's a legit prospect, had a beastly start, and has a two-step this week. I was shocked to see that he wasn't like 250-plus across a ton of leagues. Like, there were some leagues like that, but only a couple. He went over 250 in just three leagues. He went over 200 in just, I'm eyeballing it, about 12 or 13. And then he went under 120, um... In five leagues, in five main events, which kind of surprised me. I thought he would go high, and that's with a great start and a two start. He went. So I think he went two two oh three in one of my mains, uh, one fifty eight in the other, uh, one forty three okay. in the tag team. Um, yeah, it just it was more than I was willing to spend. Um, I did keep him honest bids in in my mm-hmm. my I other leagues, well. my twelve and, and TGFB, and I got him. And I was shocked. I really didn't. I yeah, really he only didn't went for forty nine in my TGFBI league. And you didn't get him. What was your keep him honest? It was like twenty something. Uh, I, I oh. I'm in a position in TGFBI. I don't have a ton of fab left, and oh, so I really okay. have That's to. Fair. I really have to. Uh, uh, like I, I think I only have like three hundred dollars. Um, because I. I was operating as though he was going to go triple digits. So my keep him honest was 91 and I got him and I dominated in TGFBI. It was 91 to 42. And I was like, Oh, okay. And I still have no idea how to do 12 team bidding. It's so (laughs) different than 15 team. It's unbelievable. And so another keep him honest, I did 84 thinking he'd go triple digits, even though that's a 12 teamer. I just thought shiny new toy people would go crazy. And, Honestly, to their credit, they didn't, but it still shocked me. So I got him at 84, and I'm perfectly happy with that as far as McClanahan goes. So going back to Lynch, that tells me that I think the market won't go crazy unless he goes off against the White Sox. I really do think that the bids will be very fair and a lot of sub-triple-digit bids if he doesn't do well in that White Sox start. Um, Even if he's just like solid but unspectacular, I think he has to go off 
for Daniel Lynch mm-hmm. to put up big bids this week. So if he's in that range that I paid for McClanahan, that 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 um, you know seventy five to ninety, are you paying that for for Daniel Lynch? Yeah, depending on what my fab situation is in yeah, each yeah, particular yeah. league. Yeah, I think I would. Generally speaking, does that I, hit your ear all right? I know that like the overall stat line doesn't look great, right? But you got to go and just watch the raw stuff. Yes, he is, which I did. Really, really impressive. Uh, and I think I, I do kind of wonder if pressure of first start in the majors got to him a little bit. Sure. Um, and because he he was erratic, and he's not a guy that is necessarily got a profile to be super erratic. Uh, no, in fact, that's that's kind of his his uh, big ticket mm-hmm. right now is that he can miss bats while keeping the ball in the zone very nicely. Yeah, uh, but his, pumping it out ninety five from the left hand side with oh, with yeah. a good slider uh, and I think a usable change up uh, mm-hmm. and good command. Like I think he is definitely worth. I think he's probably worth triple digits. I don't know if I will go triple digits. In every league, but I think he, I think he's probably worth triple digits in most formats. I'm going to root for another uh, mediocre start here to keep the bids at bay, and I'll, you know, I'll yeah. have something similar to what I did for McClanahan. And hopefully, if I, hopefully if Lurie I Garcia again, just goes off. Yeah, yeah, because you know he'll be leading off and, and <laughs> starting in center field, so he's just going to go fucking three for four and bust Lynch up, and then I'll get in and get him for seventy five dollars or something. I would definitely pay that. So. um yeah, that's Daniel Lynch, and then putting a bow on McClanahan. What is your outlook on him? He gets a two-step this week, starting tonight uh, with his first outing, and you know it's it's a mixed bag too. And this is another thing that kind of had me, you know, really considering my bids and trying to be smart was that he was great in that outing. And you talk about again watching versus just box mm-hmm. score scouting. If you watched. Uh, you know what? Everyone who did a triple-digit bid, they watched his yeah. start because that it was so awesome. And the only reason I didn't do triple digits because I didn't desperately need him, and so I was just trying to keep folks honest. But he was 98 with nasty breaking stuff and a legit change that he could at least um, throw consistently. It was it was better than show me. It wasn't a, it wasn't mm-hmm. a very good pitch, but it was 14% used while the fastball slider were split at 41% apiece and then a little show me curve at 5%. So um, it was it was fun watching him. He gets double road starts in uh, on the West Coast at the Angels tonight and then at Oakland. But what's your outlook on him both for this week with these two starts and then beyond that? Do you think he sticks in the rotation for the bulk of the year if he performs? I think he can. My question becomes is how 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 long do they let him go in games? I mean, yeah. he he did not have a single walk, which is not something that I think we can expect moving forward. Uh, but he was only allowed to go four innings. He saw fifteen batters, um, and that's concerning to me. And this is the reason why, like I I did not really put many bids on him at all. Uh, and, and the bids I did put in on him were not very high. So I, I just, I just don't trust the Rays as an organization to let him go. Um, and that's completely fair. Plus he has a reliever outlook by a lot of prospect mm-hmm. folks, mostly based on his size. Um, yeah. Which I, I'm, I'm not a big believer in that kind of stuff. Maybe long-term 
Like, and we're talking like two or three years down the road, like he, he has problems because of his size, but he's, he's not a small guy by any, you know, stretch of the imagination either. So he's not, he's not frail. He's yeah. shorter, but he's, he's certainly not frail. He's still like six um, one. Like, I mean, maybe, maybe it's the, it's the short guy at me talking now. So well, if you're, yeah, if you're listed six one, then you're five eleven. Let's be honest. Um, oh, does that mean way, I can I list myself at six one? I mean, you should. All right. Listen, there's nobody in sports that's, actually just six feet if they're listed six feet they're five seven like come on <laughs> they have to know how much well, they, can, they can scam here late um, in life i've grown to six foot two i love it i love it i'm 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 a stick so mm-hmm. like I, height's the only thing i have but I, I am i'm a human straw just walking around being six five but weighing 175 um by the way that 98 miles an hour for mcclanahan that was from the left side as well we were talking about mm-hmm. lynch throwing 95 98 from the left side with that nasty breaker I could see a lot of five and dies. I can see a lot of fours, to be honest. But if the ratios are there with the strikeouts, it's not the end of the world. Obviously, I would love if they gave him an opener. Yeah. They they don't seem to be picking like one guy like they did with Yarbrough that one year. I wish they would. Like, mm-hmm. and I wish it would be McClanahan. I think that'd be amazing. Like it, for fantasy purposes, because of course, uh, then your four innings you can you can get wins that way. So I, I agree with your, your concern about Tampa Bay and how long they're going to let him go. And I don't even think it's a straight meritocracy where if he's pitching well, he'll be in the rotation. That's not the Tampa Bay way. Mm-hmm. Like they're going to maneuver things and it's going to be. They're going to optimize the best of their ability. Yeah, exactly. And and you can see tandem starts between like McClanahan and Patino where they both get three innings mm-hmm. and it'll be frustrating for fantasy. And that's why I didn't go super high. And so I, I thought my sub 100s were, um, were just going to make sure that folks didn't get away too cheaply. And I ended up getting them in a couple of leagues. And I'm okay with that because I don't think I paid an egregious price. But I don't have crazy expectations for McClanahan. Definitely started him in the two-step this week. And I'll kind of assess after this weekend. But I do not necessarily foresee having him on the roster even in June or July necessarily. Especially in the 12-teamer because they could already be moving him around Mm -hmm. he's gonna get sent out at some point like after a six scoreless inning outing too that's also the tampa bay way oh it'll be right at the all-star break yeah no it'll be for a reason to you know because they want to keep him uh pitching or whatever but it'll it'll be jarring to Mm -hmm. everybody when they see it of course so um anyway that's that's mcclanahan shane mcclanahan for the race he pitches tonight hopefully he does well anything else you want to talk about justin you want to keep talking about uh, you want to keep bragging about Cedric Mullins or anything? I mean, I wasn't gonna bring it up, but I, I know we've talked about him a lot. But I, I do almost I almost put him on as a, another talking point, even though I think we've had him on a talking point for three episodes. He had his fifth homer last night. Dude. I know, I know. It's you, just... you, there's no way you didn't have him for like five for the full year, and you'd have been fine with that because it would have come with like yeah, twenty five steals. I mean, more than that, but like he's. He's halfway to your projection for homers, isn't he? Pretty close. I think I had him for like 13 homers and 20 stolen bases, something like that. Um, yeah, I, I think that's about right because you did. I, I, I actually, I never really heard you talk about him. So yeah. you're saying like what you had for projection. That's what someone, someone on Twitter was all like, I haven't heard you guys talk about Cedric Mullins. And I'm like. Dude, I was like, okay, how, how do I identify yourself as somebody who doesn't listen to the pod? I, I don't, yeah, I couldn't tell if he was <laughs> joking or not. Yeah, yeah, was it sarcasm or like uh, saying like, uh, I want to hear sports thoughts on Frankie Montas, you know, <laughs> like. Uh, who looked good he, last night too. 
Yeah, which was great. But you, you, you killed that one, man. And, you know, we, we talk all the stuff about victory laps or whatever. Like, you can't really lose this one at this point. Yeah, like, he's been. But the greatest, so good. the greatest part of Cedric Mullins is not my prediction. It's the Rotoware shirt that came out last night. What? Oh, go go over to I'm going right. Yeah, now. go over and check out Rotorware and the Cedric Mullen shirt because that is going to be a new addition to my oh. wardrobe. You know, he just came out with the Jake Cronenworth one too, and th- it's like I'm supposed to like get food, yeah, and like feed my dogs and like you know take my girlfriend out here and there. But how am I supposed to do that when this? Oh my god, this is such a badass shirt. I mean, when my child or children ask me like, "Hey, I'm going off to college. I got in, you know, I'm, you know, I need my college fund." And I hand them a shirt? bunch of Rotorware shirts. Yeah. Like it'll be worth it, right? Well, yeah, absolutely. And surely colleges will be taking Rotorware shirts uh-huh. as currency by then. I don't know why they wouldn't. It'd be ridiculous. Yeah. Dude, this is so great. They got him as Omar from The Wire. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's amazing. It's, yeah, no, it, it, it's I, – I have not ordered it yet, but it is it is on my to-do list for today because um, it's just amazing. Can I – this is completely unrelated to what we're talking about. Can mm. I borrow $104? Sure. Okay. Okay. <laughs> now, you might say – that's 26 times four. And yeah. you, are, you, are you trying to get four shirts? And I say, I said it was unrelated to the <laughs> shirt thing. Am I getting Jake Cronenworth, uh, the Devin Williams airbender, the Cedric Mullins, and the Fernando Tatis covering his eyes shirts? Maybe. But can you just give me the money? God, don't ask questions. <laughs> I, I'm disappointed that none of those were Justin Mason apparel. You know, I I need more. Yeah. I need more Justin just, Mason apparel yeah. to be to be quite honest. You, that's a fair call. Now I'm seeing the uh, Nolan Arenado with the with the arch. Oh come on! I tell you what, this uh, this MLBPA deal that he got um, was probably the best news for him. It's worst news for my bank account. Yeah, because he was just able to step his stuff up a, another level. Like it's already amazing. Obviously, we've been we've been stands for RotoWare for years now, but you throw in the fact that. He can now use player likenesses, and it's you get something like Cedric Mullins with the freaking being Omar from The Wire, dude. That's insane. Yeah, that's insane. And I don't go anywhere. I don't need new clothes, and yet I'm not joking when I say I'm going to buy like three or four of these right now. Yeah, it's just it's yeah. I mean, the majority of my clothing are is is now Rotoware, and I I know it, my wife is very very disappointed by it, but. I feel like it's the right decision. They're great shirts too, and I know some folks balk at, at paying, you know, twenty six dollars for a shirt. Obviously, a lot of that is is the licensing and mm-hmm. and all that uh, for the design, but they're also super high quality shirts. They if are. I can, if I can just, you know, give you guys the straight dish on them a little bit here, not sponsored. No, nope. we pay for everything that we get. Um, actually, I shouldn't say no, that. Hi. There was like a. There was like a um, uh, like a thank you shirt that they sent out yes. to a handful of folks, and we did get that. <laughs> I, so I, wanna... I want the your shirt. Oh yes, that one's so good. That one's so good. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's just so many. There's so many. Anyway, 
Enough, enough rotoware shilling. They're excellent. Rotoware.com. Go buy everything. And if, if you look under, too. if you look under the exclusive, there is a Justin Mason collection right there. There's a Justin Mason collection. Um, it's sold out, but you can you can search sleeper on their site and you can mm-hmm. see the shirt he made for us, which was fantastic. Is it I sold think out you can now? Search. It is indeed sold out. You can also search Charlotte and see the one he made for me for my Twitch stream, um, based on the Charlotte Charlottes, the minor league team that needs to happen by the way with my dog as the mascot it makes sense yeah. so yeah that, and then the justin mason collection we just have a great relationship with them so anyway that's gonna wrap us up justin i hope you stay healthy not just you generally but your fantasy teams between now and the next time we talk uh, in a couple of days because it's that treacherous out there i'm more worried about me in general because i quit drinking energy drinks two days ago uh, wait why did you do that Oh, you want to be healthy? Yeah, I'm trying mm-hmm. to be healthy and stuff. And no, yeah. I respect that. I'm not, I, jokes aside, I don't want to make fun of that because I need to cut down my intake, and that's great. That, so you're just going straight cold turkey? Yeah, yeah, no. I bought two cases of water at Costco and been drinking water, which is, sucks. St- standard water? Or, yeah, just sta- or... standard water, and I, I don't like it. Wa- Might I recommend some LaCroix? La um, I don't know what that means. LaCroix and sparkling. You don't know what LaCroix is? I do not. Really? I'm, it's like really popular sparkling water. Anyway. I'm, I'm not popular or know what popular <laughs> it, is. It's a little bit of an acquired taste for sure because you, you want more flavor packed in. Um, but it's been something that I can use because like I drink too many Red Bulls because I like the taste. Mm-hmm. Not not because I like I need the energy. Like I don't oh, need I, that I, for me, energy. For me, I'd rather just mainline it. Just I need the I energy. Mean, like I, I definitely need some, but but there's a, there's one or two extras in a day that I drink that I'm like I don't need these, but I love carbonated drinks and you know I, that's usually what what's happening there. So I've I've put some a couple of Lacroix, two flavors, the limoncello flavor, and their um, blackberry cucumber. Just really good. I just I'm gonna send you some links. I recommend them. Just maybe get a case of one of them. Just try. It can help maybe bridge the gap. Still gives you that. Now, you just said you want the energy, though. So maybe you're not going to care as much about getting that sort of uh, carbonation fill-in. Because that's really what's big for me. But I can't recommend the uh, blackberry cucumber one enough. That one also has really good flavor. So anyway, good luck in that endeavor. Because that is not easy. And I respect you for doing that. And if you can quit alcohol and drugs, you can definitely do Smoking's next. That's, that's the baby. I'll support you all the way, man. All right, we'll talk in a couple days. Have a good one, Justin. Take it easy.